Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Sensitive Collective Podcast. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created Sensitive Collective to be a space where empaths and sensitives can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journey. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more of us empaths and sensitives waking up to our nature every single day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform both you and the entire world. And it's why we're here. So join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I'm so happy you're here. Enjoy. Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Sensitive Collective Podcast. I'm your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann fellow empath and highly sensitive person, and my purpose work is to show up to help you get out of overwhelm so that you can thrive in your life and relationships. And today we're talking about working with our inner child and why that's so important. I am offering my Heal Your Inner Child Masterclass next week on Wednesday the 29th at 6 p.m. Eastern. So if you're interested in that, uh, look for details in the episode show notes for today. Um, this is one of the pillars of all of the work that I do with with myself over the years uh, and with my clients. And it truly is, it's so important. I've decided that the way that I organized my masterclasses for the Inner You Masterclass series, where we work with Tame Your Inner Critic, Embrace Your Inner Healer, and heal your inner child. Um, I've, I've arranged them in this order for a reason. And inner child is the last of the three that I teach in, in sequence, but it really is probably the most foundational and pivotal work that we can do with ourselves. And the work that we do with inner critic and inner healer supports the work that we do with inner child. And that's why I teach them first. It makes sense logically when we think about it because inner child, and this is the aspect of ourselves that is connected to who we were in the beginning. And if you've listened to this show at all, you know um, that the experiences that we have, good, bad, and ugly as kids, is what wires us. Uh, both within our nervous system, as well as even turning on certain epigenetic traits that, that we have within ourselves genetically, um, to be the people that we are today. And when we look back at early childhood and the traumatic experiences that we've had, um, you know, with primary caregivers and just our environment in general, um, you know, there there's some real, real deep wounding there. 
And, you know, these are, these are beliefs that we've created beliefs for ourselves out of these experiences before we understood the why behind some of the things. Um, and that these beliefs that were really, um, assimilated within ourselves based on these experiences, have become a core part of the way that we view ourselves and the way that we view the world. And so inform on a very deep root level, the way that we are even capable of seeing ourselves, seeing opportunity, and the ways that we know how to show up for ourselves, how to show up in relationship, how to show up in relationship with yourself, how to show up in relationship with the people in your life, how to show up in relationship with your work, with your body, right? There's so many different levels and nuances of relating. And at the core of this, it's how we learned to relate as kids. So you can see the potential here for seeing transformative results from this work it's just it's massive it's really exponential Uh, the 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 ripple effects the compounding nature of the work that that we do within our child the ripple effects out from that um honestly they're kind of um just hard to believe sometimes (laughs) (laughs) And because they're so foundational, it's what we talk about in the realm of, um, you know, wellness and healing and looking at the root cause of something rather than just chasing symptoms. And, and so the root cause of a lot of the, the behaviors that we have that aren't serving us anymore come from our experiences from early childhood. And so there's, there's many layers of how we work with inner child. There's, um, there's ways in which we can work with our body now that sends signals to our nervous system. It's learning to, to retrain and regulate our nervous system and what feels safe and increasing our resiliency and our capacity. Um, it is learning about know, boundaries so that again, we are able to speak our truth and show up, uh, in, in spaces that we're creating in relationship that feel safe and that honor our own autonomy. There's a lot of things that we can do in the way that we are practicing relating now that are supportive to our inner child healing but there's also some really targeted, very specific work and intentional practices that we can incorporate into our daily, weekly lives that just give incredible bolstering to the healing of inner child. And that is what the Heal Your Inner Child Masterclass is really focused around. And as I mentioned before, you know, this is something I, I, I work with everybody around. Um, and even when I was a massage therapist, it, it really came up a lot. And I think it's one of my gifts, 
Um, and part of that is because of my own experiences from early childhood. Um, but I think as empaths as well, we have this, this innate ability to really connect with our inner child. And we have a tendency to intuitively do that with others also. So our ability to connect with inner child on that kind of really primal intuitive basis It's one of the reasons that we love so deeply and not just people, right? Like there's this childlike sense of, of awe and wonderment and appreciation that empaths and highly sensitive people possess that in some ways make us childlike in the eyes of other people. And I think it's one of the reasons that that stigma exists towards empaths and highly sensitives that, you know, somehow being childlike, there's something wrong with it. And, and that is something that we were taught as kids, regardless of whether or not you're an empath or or highly sensitive. I think our culture, our society really pushes us to grow up. And we've seen the results of that. It just really, you can look and you can see how every single generation we're we're growing up, quote unquote, faster and faster, right? Um, and technology, of course, plays a role in that also. But just creating space for kids to be kids and letting kids have childhood experiences um, rather than having every single minute scheduled. And, you know, um, anyway, I'm not a parent, so I can't really speak to that. But when it comes to my own experience, I got off on a little bit of a tangent. One of the things that I really noticed as a massage therapist and my fascia release therapist and energy worker, when I was seeing people in my studio um, for sessions, I would connect with their inner child. And it's kind of, I hesitate to use the word eerie. That's the word that's coming to mind. There was this kind of, this, this sense of actually, it's like tapping in it's a kind of a portal almost where it's like you're tapping into this other dimensional reality kind of in embedded within the reality that you're existing where I could almost see the kid on the table like shining out through their face and I could hear what it was their inner child was telling me and in telling you this, I'm actually, I'm having a little bit of like a flashback situation here where I'm seeing some, some of my clients in these situations coming up in my memory and it's reliving it. And I'm feeling very emotional because there's such, such deep need for love and compassion and healing. And there's such, oh, as kids, we just don't know how is it not our fault? What did I do wrong? What do I need to do and be to receive love? And, and it's just all so much, right? Um, and so connecting with the inner child, with, with people who are on my table and just recollecting what that feels like, um, you know, the inner child, they know what they need. They're afraid to ask for it so often. Um, and the questions, you know, there's, 
there are questions that inner child, um, the inner child in all of us has a tendency to ask and statements that I hear from people's inner child that just absolutely breaks my heart. Statements that I've heard from my own inner child and just know that we all have that need to do this work. Every single human. It's especially important for us as empaths and highly sensitives because we have often cut off that childlike part of ourselves because that's what we were taught to do to survive, but that's also where our power is. A part of claiming your sensitivity as a superpower is going back into yourself and into your past and meeting yourself as a younger you and giving them everything that they need and letting them know that they're enough and that they are loved and that you have them. And that takes time. It takes practice. It takes some guidance and um, and some experience. You know, and the more you do it, the better you get at it. And that's a big part of what I'm speaking to when I talk about claiming your sensitivity as a superpower. Part of it is coming back to yourself as a child and giving yourself permission to be that sensitive kid, to feel all of the things, to cry when you feel like crying, to play when you feel like playing, to roll around in the mud and you know put mud all over your face, right? Like whatever, <laughs> to squidge your toes barefoot in the sand and, you know, roll down the grassy hill, like whatever, going back and giving yourself permission to just be that kid and get exactly what it is that you need. It's one of the foundational building blocks or cornerstones to having resilience and being able to really thrive as an adult. It's reconnecting a bridge within yourself that has at least partially, if not fully been cut off for a long time. And part of too, going back and doing this work with yourself, just even the act of doing that, it's actually helping to forge new neural pathways. It's helping to work with your nervous system. And these things are going to assist in the release of trapped emotional energy within yourself. And all of this, you know, it's connected. Everything is connected, right? Mind, body, spirit, all inextricably intertwined. And so inner child work can help you balance your hormones Inner child work can help you resolve gut issues. Inner child work can help with autoimmune disorders and disease. 
inner child work can help with depression and anxiety. Because again, this is at the seed of your existence in this lifetime. This is a root cause, the wounding experiences and just the experiences you had as a kid that taught you what reality is and how you're meant to show up in it to get your needs met. You know, this is the blueprint for who you are and how you show up today. And when we can go back and reorchestrate that blueprint, we completely revolutionize and transform what it is we have the capacity to hold as adults. We're adding rooms, we're tearing down walls, right? Like it, it really is this kind of inner renovation and reclamation and reconnection with self. And, and this inner child work is, that is why it is so powerful. And it doesn't have to be heavy. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's heavy, um, but it doesn't always have to be heavy. Sometimes it can be joyful. There's a lot of play involved, you know, and it doesn't have to feel overwhelming. Sometimes it will, right? I think that's, that's the fear piece that I see most often come up for myself and for my clients when doing inner work. It's that fear of like, ugh, what if what I find is really icky? <laughs> what if what I see in there is bad? What if I remember something that I don't want to remember? What if, what if I forgot it for a reason? What if it's really uncomfortable? What if it hurts? And truthfully, sometimes it will. But in my experience... Your mind, body, spirit, this instrument of consciousness that is being navigated so gracefully, compassionately, and beautifully by your higher self, um, all the time supported, I should say, rather than navigated, supported by held and guided, um, you're never going to see something before you're ready to. So when you start doing the inner work with yourself, just know anything that's coming up for you, it's because it's in divine timing for you to see it. And this is what you need to see to get to the next step, to make that right next aligned choice for yourself, in yourself, in your life, in your relationships. Um, and so if what you're finding as you're navigating through this spiritual awakening that you're on as you're walking on this journey of healing and empowerment with yourself if you're noticing resistance coming up around the work um invite curiosity sometimes the resistance is there because you need to take a break sometimes the resistance is there because you've been you know, really going hard on the inner work and maybe maybe that resistance is a signal and an ask from yourself to invite some play, to have some rest, to take a moment, to integrate all of the amazing work that you're doing. If it feels like you're really wanting to do the work, but you're not seeing yourself 
take action and and you're not seeing the follow through that you would really love to experience with the work, um, get curious around that resistance. I think it can be really illuminating to just sit down and, you know, whether it's through writing or, you know, I'm a, a verbal processor. So for me, I like to, to speak it out and record it on my voice notes. Um, but whatever works for you, just, you know, create some space to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? When I think about doing my inner child work, what am I afraid will happen if I do this? And the answers usually, um, you kind of already know. And then when you see it or hear it in front of your face like that, there's no more denying it. Like you just know, I need to do this. And it helps to motivate. Um, it can also be really insightful about other things you might want to set in place to create a little bit more of a brave space for yourself. And I say brave space. I know there's a lot of talk around. It's a safe space. And I can totally appreciate with such love where that term comes from. I don't know that there really is a space in this earth that is truly safe. I feel like it, it, it makes more resonant sense to me to say brave space because it's a space that feels safe enough to show up and to be vulnerable. It's a space that feels safe enough to show up even when I'm afraid of showing up to look at a deeper level within myself. It's a space that feels safe enough for me to feel brave to face whatever it is, to speak whatever truth, to listen to whatever internal thoughtscape or feelingscape is happening. So that brave space, I think, um, it also just language, the power of words, right? Like brave space, it's right there. It is telling me through words that I'm actually increasing my nervous system resilience because the way that we do that, the way that we increase our resilience and our capacity is to show up in spaces that feel a little bit uncomfortable. It's that cliche saying like, it's time for you to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, that's working with your nervous system, my love. That's exactly what it is. And I think saying creating a brave space, it really calls it what it is. So there's no misnomer there. There's like it's there's no surprises. You know it's brave because you're kind of nervous about it, but you're doing it anyway, and you feel safe enough to be brave. And so creating a little bit of that brave space for yourself to really look at where resistance might be coming from, get some insights around you know, what other things you can do to make it feel like a brave space. And that could be um, you know, setting a boundary with a partner to say, hey, I'm going to be in this room and you might hear me crying um, 
and that's okay. I really don't want to talk about it afterwards unless I invite you to talk about it. So just know it's a cone of silence <laughs> in that room, whatever it is I'm working on, I'm okay. And I just need this space. Like maybe that would make the space feel braver for you to be vulnerable. Maybe um, it involves setting an intention for yourself that you still have the ability to step out of whatever work you're doing, right? If it feels too much. And so giving yourself an exit strategy, just like you would at a party. And my introverts, like, I know, I know a lot of y'all, when I said that, you're like, oh yeah, I do that all the time. (laughs) It's like something that we do very often as highly sensitives is, um, we have exit strategies for any social situation that we find ourselves in. Create an exit strategy for yourself when you're doing inner work. So just an invitation to brainstorm about, well, what would make it feel a little bit more like a brave space for me to show up and do this work? Because I think the biggest thing that shows up as an obstacle for people doing the inner work is that that resistance that's rooted in fear. So if that's happening for you, I want to normalize it and let you know there's nothing wrong with you. You're not alone. I still experience this. And I've been on this inner healing journey for so long. (laughs) And I've done it professionally with other people for so long. And, you know, it still comes up for me and that's very human and it's very natural. It's just about, you know, increasing the number of tools and resources and practices that you have at your disposal, that you have at your fingertips to be able to, to reach and grab and utilize as you need it moving forward. One of the things I can also share about doing the inner child work is for me, um, it has really shifted my ability to access my childhood memories. Um, A very common experience for people who have had some some trauma in their childhoods is... um, uh, not to have very accessible memories and because it's just the way that we exist we kind of just think that's how everybody is it wasn't until um i was older and hearing other people talk about the way that they were able to access their own memories from childhood that i realized it's not the case for everyone and um so if that's you you know know that again you're not alone um and that's there's nothing wrong with you but that as i've done this work with my own inner child and um, have healed through many layers within myself with this inner child work, I've had a lot of resurgence in my childhood memories. And some of it has been uncomfortable. You know, some of it has been painful. And, you know, through those experiences have been so transformative because I learned it's kind of like, where you're having this pain, you have this pain, you have this pain, you're like, where is this pain coming from? Where is it coming from? Why am I like this? Why does this pattern keep coming up? And then to have a memory that was buried 
surface and go, oh my God, that is where it comes from. And, and then to work with loving yourself and, and healing yourself through that um, and start to seeing those behaviors and those patterns shift in your present day, it's pretty miraculous. I've also had really good memories that, you know, were kind of, I guess, in the shadowy edges. Um, it, it, my memory has just improved from, from my childhood and it hasn't all been the uncomfortable stuff. I've had some really joyful ones that have, that have come back to me, especially around my great grandmother, my Nana, um, my dad's mother, Sandra, uh, was a really troubled soul. She was actually sent here to be a guide for me in this life. You know, we're, we had a soul contract with each other that she was going to be one of my my mentors and a role model and she was meant to be a really instrumental um, figure in my life and in my spiritual development but she experienced a lot of trauma herself and was unable to heal through that to a degree that would allow her to show up in in that capacity and in turn actually have kind of the opposite effect (laughs) Um, uh, because she, uh, of course, traumatized people, traumatized people, right? Hurt people, hurt people. And um, and I think, you know, I can see the way that that influenced my own father and he doesn't have any childhood memories, by the way, just that we're not out there. Um, But uh, also then in the way, of course, that she directly interacted with me and so there are a lot of, of uh, times when we were together because she was very close with her mother and they lived together that I think I had blocked out some of my really happy memories with my great-grandmother um, as a protective mechanism because they were all intertwined and connected with, with my dad's mother. So um, yeah, that has been a really beautiful aspect of it too. I have also, through the inner child work that I've done, been able to heal the relationship with Sandra, with my grandmother, um, after her death. You know, there I was really angry with her for a long time. I didn't even fully know the extent of the why behind the anger. I knew that I was angry with her because of the way she showed up in relationship with my father and with my mother um, and with me, but it was more a feeling of protection around my mom specifically, but also my dad. But then as I started to do this work and had some of these memories coming back and had those aha moments of, oh my gosh, Like that was where the anger came from. And oh my gosh, that is where I first learned that limiting belief. And oh my gosh, I can't believe that is, I can't believe that happened. Oh my gosh, like I repressed that. And that explains so much. And and because I was doing this really intentional work, um, it wasn't just healing my inner child. It was also really doing the work to heal and forgive in that relationship with my grandmother. 
um, who had died, right? She wasn't even alive at the point that I was doing all of this work. And I want to say maybe a year after I first realized, you know, the, the soul contract relationship with her and had really been for a few years doing this very intentional inner child work with myself, I, I had a really incredible experience with her visiting me. I was in the bath. You may giggle because (laughs) a lot of my, a lot of my, uh, really amazing experiences happen to me when I'm in the bath. (laughs) I think it's because for me, the bath is a brave space. It's a really open space. I feel really connected with myself. I, I tend to be in a flow state when I'm in the bath and Uh, This was when I was living in Austin and I was in the bath and it was Mother's Day. And that wasn't even a fact that I even fully realized until after this experience was over and I was reflecting back about it with myself. Um, But my eyes were closed and I remembered feeling very palpably that someone was in the room with me. And I opened my eyes and... It wasn't as though I was seeing with my physical eyes, but I was seeing a presence there and it was, it wasn't like an aura. It was very, um, it kind of felt like when you see video of light shining down through water and there's that kind of ripply translucent, like really ethereal effect of the light rays shining down through the water that was what it felt like and I say that's what it felt like it's kind of what it looked like but it's really what it felt like it it's hard to describe exactly what it was but it was her and I had no doubt in my mind I knew it was her and I could feel her voice in my head and she was thanking me and um she was thanking me for all of the work that I had done with her and getting emotional thinking about it. And, and she let me know how sorry she was for the way that she showed up with me, how much she really loves me, how much she wished she could have healed herself more before I came on the scene so that she could have fulfilled the role that she had claimed for herself and in our, our life connection together in this lifetime. Um, and she thanked me for the work because she said it actually had helped her in the spirit realm that she was in the, the work that I did with myself and that healing of the relationship through my own inner child work with her actually really energetically had helped her in that that next place that she was in and in her life review it made a really big difference for her that I had gone in and done that work and um and that she was going to be now a member of my my guides she's going to be one of my guides and on my spirit team and um 
and I still feel her and I can, you know, communicate with her and I know that she's here with me and it, it just, you know, that was made possible because of doing inner child work with myself. And so when we talk about doing inner work, it's really important to lean into the truth of multi-dimensional non-linear time to to fully to 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 get a a bigger picture grasp and understanding about how far reaching this work can be because it's affecting not only yourself and your own frequency it's affecting not only yourself and the way that you are wired within your nervous system and carving new neural pathways for yourself and you know that neuroplasticity element it's not only about taking an empowered stance for yourself and choosing what it is you want to believe and creating a life for yourself around that it's also about actually like going back in time and energetically loving a younger you in a way that is going to have far-reaching ripple effects that you can't even necessarily comprehend within yourself, within the people that are in your life now, for the people who haven't yet come into your life who will play a major role, whether those people are children that you will have, relationships that you will call in, um, from lovers, from friends, from co-workers, from clients, and a ripple effect out to, to other dimensional realities and beings and souls who are connected with your own. It's like next level multidimensional epigenetic work. <laughs> me think about it that way because it's not just about yourself because you are connected to everything and to everyone and this again comes back to one of the tenets that that I hold which is as we heal ourselves we heal the world that is what this means um and so I hope that this has been inspiring for you I have lately, I feel like when I've come on with these solo episodes, um, it's been more in the realm of how to, but sometimes, sometimes we know that we need to, sometimes we might even know how to start, um, but there can still be resistance there. And so I wanted to speak a little bit of that on that today, uh, speak a little bit to that today. And I hope that this has felt supportive and inspiring for you to know that um, as you do the inner work, you're, you're going to start to see some really beautiful shifts. And you're going to see them in divine timing as is meant for you. And you don't have to know big picture what it's how it's all going to turn out. It's just taking that right next aligned step for you that is resonating with where you are right now. And 
I would invite you to feel into if that could be working with your inner child. And if that feels in resonance for you, and if you're like, oh my gosh, Laura Ann, yes, 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 this, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, then I invite you again to enroll in my Heal Your Inner Child Masterclass coming up next week on Wednesday the 29th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, we're going to do some really beautiful work on that in that uh, two-hour container together. You'll get a really beautiful workbook to take you past the experience of the masterclass as well to really integrate what it is you learn and you know, support you with practices that, that you can make a part of your daily, weekly, monthly life. There's also a little bit of a coaching element to this class, not only in the masterclass itself where um, there'll be an opportunity to get some personal coaching for me within that, within that container, but two weeks following the masterclass, I'll also be facilitating a community container to follow up what it is that you've been learning in the masterclass itself. So it's really important, I think, um, for that follow through element, because as we start to implement new practices, often questions will come up and it can feel easier to let that derail us. Um, resistance can come up and that can, you know, really present an obstacle to the follow through of our heartfelt intention for incorporating practices that we know are going to support us on our healing journey. Um, so, and it can be really nice, just like one of the reasons we, we listen to stories, right? And one of the reasons you're on this podcast is to know that you're not alone. And so it can feel really supportive as well in community to share experiences, to know like, oh my gosh, that happened to me. <laughs> like That exactly happened to me when I was trying to do the, the inner child guided meditation. Like, oh my gosh. Um, and, and then to, you know, come together and, and share different insights from different perspectives of, of mulched wisdom. And, uh, then of course to get some really personalized coaching from, from me within those sessions as well. So if this is calling to you information on how to enroll in the show notes, I hope this has felt supportive. I love you so, so much. I'm so proud of you for all of the work that you're doing. And I'm so grateful for you stepping in to the Sensitive Collective to share a little bit of time with me today. And as always, I will love to close out with a reminder that you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got. And I love you.